You can either work in the business or you can work on the business. They have the knowledge and the skill to be successful. Yesterday is gone and tomorrow has yet to come. Dive all in on the next chapter of your life. Welcome to The Boutique with Collective 54, a podcast for founders and leaders of boutique professional services firms. For those that are not familiar with us, Collective 54 is the first mastermind community dedicated exclusively to helping you grow, scale, and exit your professional services firm. My name is Greg Alexander. I'm the founder, and I'll be your host today. And today, we're going to talk about why to sell your firm. This is often neglected. When we think about exiting our firms, we often think about how much to sell it for, on what terms, when to sell it, who to sell it to. But we often forget the why. And in my opinion, the why is the most important question. And what I hope to accomplish today is to give the audience members something to think about, to make sure that they can get clarity around their why. And we're very fortunate to have a role model with us today. His name is Jay Smith. He's a member of Collective 54, and he will be sharing parts of his extraordinary journey with us today. Jay, welcome to the show. Good to see you. Thanks for having me, Greg. Would you mind uh, giving your giving a proper introduction, please? Sure. My name is uh, Jay Smith. I'm uh, the president of sales, or I used to be the president of sales of Security 7 Networks. Uh, we recently exited, um, maybe back two weeks ago or so. Um, we're in the security, um, logical security uh, boutique business, uh, MSSP, Managed Security Service Provider. Been at okay, it for very good. 20 years. I'm sorry, say that again? Been at it for around 20 years. Yeah, very good. All right, so let me set this up before I jump into the questions. So the reason to sell your boutique is very personal, and it should be. You know, you've poured your life into building the firm, and leaving it and handing it to somebody else takes much thought. Some owners sell for the money. Others say they're bored. Some are just flat out exhausted. Some say the work just became a job. It's not fun anymore. Maybe you're afraid that tomorrow might not be as profitable as today. Sometimes, unfortunately, partners start fighting and one needs to be bought out. Maybe it's just time to retire. You know, the list goes on and on. Um, sometimes there's a health scare, which, Jay, I know we'll get into that a little bit. So the, the why to sell your firm is a very, very particular thing. And, uh, and that's what we hope to discuss with the audience today. So, Jay, I would like to ask and start with your origin story. Um, and the origin story is, you know, I think when you're thinking about why to sell your firm, it's always a good thing to remind yourself why you started the firm in the first place. So go back 20 years and tell the audience why you started your firm, please. Um, a, a tad of it was opportunistic. Um, we, we had worked, um, my primary business partner and I had worked at a reseller integrator and we thought we could do it better. And, you know, we didn't want to have... Um, you know, a boss above us telling what he thought was going to be doing it better. And that business started to go away during the dot bomb kind of time frame. So we saw an opportunity between a lot of accounts that we had built up and our ability and thought that we could actually do it better. Okay. And sometimes it's a lot easier to work for somebody else than it is to work for yourself and, and making that leap to start your own firm, something to be taken lightly. So Jay, maybe share with the audience where you got the courage, the conviction to start your own firm. 
don't know if it was necessarily courage or not, but you know, we were pretty convinced that we could do it better. And, and one of the things that I've equated as, as time has gone by is you end up trading one boss for about a thousand bosses. You know, you end up having something I didn't really realize when we first started out, but every client becomes your boss, every employee in the tough, you know, labor market, you know, in a weird way becomes your boss, you know, your insurers, the, you know, the IRS, you know, you've got, you know, lots of different people that you end up having to answer to. Um, and it becomes a juggle, juggling act and a balancing act. So I think if we, we made it, or we, we um, thought it looked easier um, than it was. And then when we got into it, we realized, you know, the challenge of doing it. And it's, you know, it's really pretty challenging, you know, particularly yeah. doing it for 20 years. So with the power of retrospection, looking back 20 years, would you do it over again? I would. <laughs> um, I, I, I would. I would certainly do it, but I would probably have framed it in my mind a little bit differently. You know, it, it's it's more difficult than it looks, and it's also probably more rewarding than I realized at the time, too. Yeah. You know, there's a distinction between a small business owner and an entrepreneur. There's been a lot written about this, but for what it's worth, my perspective is this. There's a lot of people that start businesses. There's far fewer that actually exit them. And to me, you're really only an entrepreneur when you go cradle to grave, where you launch a business, you scale it, and it's an asset that somebody else would actually want to buy, and you're able to sell it. And, and you've been able to do that. So you are in the rare, uh, the rarefied air, I should say, of being an entrepreneur as opposed to a, uh, a small business owner. Um, so 20 years is a long time. Um, I believe you're in your 50s, so it's not like you you had to sell. You know, you're not 75 or something along those lines. So let me ask the the multi-million dollar question in your case. Why did you sell now? Um, probably a you know, kind of a perfect storm. So, you know, I've I've got partners. Um, you know, we're starting to age. You know, I'm gonna be 58 in a couple months. We have one partner that's 61. Another one that's, you know, 56, 57. So, you know, we started to feel that this was a younger man's game a little bit. Um, there was a whole element of private equity that has entered our space. So, you know, the, the managed service provider space has traditionally been very fractured. You know, many, many small organizations without dominant players um, with sticky revenue. So that's attracted a private equity component. Um, to our space that they find the space very attractive, you know, and you combine that with low interest rates. Um, so, you know, I've kind of equated it to, you know, from a selling standpoint, do you want to sell when your second bathroom is all fixed up or when the market condition was right? And we try to have an element of both, you know, we try to, you know, make the second bathroom, you know, as, as, as good as possible. Um, but the market conditions were also, you know, really right. Um, it also helped that we had an investment banker who really, you know, you know, change the level of people that we had talked to previously. We were accepting inbound calls before and our phone was pretty active. Um, but the invest investment banker had a very formalized process and we were able to pick off um, not only like from a valuation perspective, but the other deal parameters. So again, it was that perfect storm of, of you know, the right organization, um, you know, the, the valuations being good, private equity space, you know, helping the valuations. Uh, aging partners, and you had brought up, you know, some some medical issues that you know that I had had in my past that made me uninsurable. So you know, we didn't have key man insurance, and you know, making this um, you know a seamless transition for employees, for partners, for for um, my beneficiaries, you know, should should something bad happen, 
um, also weighed in on some of the decision making. So, Jay, if it's OK with you, I, I'd like to to poke on the personal reasons a little bit more. Um, so you mentioned some some health issues. What perspective did that give you on life and what perspective did that give you on your professional life? Um, so it's a weird one. Um, I, I've had a pretty um, challenging family history medically with with heart disease. And uh, when I suffered my first heart attack in uh, my early to mid 40s, um, you know, the, the ER doctor came to me and said, Mr. Smith, you know, you've you've you, you know, you've had your first, you've had your heart attack. And uh, I'm like, okay. And it was, I was very nonchalant about it. Um, and the reason I was nonchalant is I've had, you know, like I said, a, a fair family history with heart disease and, and you know, young death. So it was, um, it kind of came as no surprise and I was very nonchalant about it. So, you know, you know, fast forward three years later, I have another pretty significant one and my health is really good now. You know, I'm under the care of a cardiologist, but um, you know, one of the things I, I, I found is, is I don't want to leave things left undone. You know, it was real important to me to have, you know, the idea of a legacy and everybody looks at their family and, and, and such differently, but I wanted to make sure I was tidy as much as possible. Transitioning a small business, um, you know, while it's still active with heirs that are not in the business, I thought would have been inordinate, you know, inordinate by my partners, um, my employees, um, you know, my, my children, my wife, um, you know, so, you know, again, there were some, some pretty personal reasons and I don't think that's, you know, you know, it wasn't a, a, a huge motivating factor, but it did go into that decision-making. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your willingness to share that with us. And, and I've heard this from several entrepreneurs, um, you know, the transitioning of a small business is, is hard. It's, it's not, it's not an easy thing to do in selling boutique professional services firms, is a very tricky and nuanced thing, which leads me to my maybe my next question and maybe my last question as I look at the clock here. So, Jay, we had spoken for quite a while, you and I, before you entered the exit process and your level of knowledge there around what it takes to exit a business was actually pretty good. However, you recently sent me a text now that you have exited and you said, holy cow, I really didn't know what I now know. So this is my question. So what do you now know about exiting a boutique pro-serve firm now that you've been through it that you didn't understand prior? Um, there's a lot, probably probably too much to, to say, but um, you had always talked about the value of a, a good investment banker, and we had an excellent investment banker. Um, one of the things that was important to us was to continue to work in the business to help transition it. And we'd like to stick around for a bit. Um, you know, we're not old enough to quite retire and we still think we have some gas left in the tank. One of the things that the investment banker did that helped was when the negotiations started to get a little more challenging, um, I was told to shut up, which is a hard thing for me to do. <laughs> um, and, and that was the idea to help keep me clean, right? I was going to continue to go with the deal, unlike yours, right? They, they, you didn't want to, um, your investment banker didn't want you in for some particular reasons. My investment banker didn't want me to get dirty, you know, and, and I was exposed to that. You know, we were coming along with the package. They, they wanted us, you know, for, for the talent. So that was something that I, I, I really didn't um, understand how good the, that investment banker was, um, despite having you say it. Um, I really, really underestimated uh, deal fatigue. 
Um, there were a couple of times when I was out of gas um, and what we chose to do in our exit, my two business partners remained to work in the business while I was working on the business to help um, the distractions, you know, keep to a minimum. And uh, that deal fatigue stuff is real, you know, and uh, you know, the investment banker helped prop me up um, for sure. Uh, the accountant did as well. Um, the emotional side of the, um, the equation, I found myself getting very, very nostalgic about, you know, when my partner and I first started, you know, two guys in a pickup truck. And I found myself thinking back to those days and, you know, I've equated small business and entrepreneurship, like riding a car or driving a car where most often you're looking through the, through the windshield and you're seeing all the opportunity and all the potholes and everything's forward looking. Um, but every now and then you, you take a look in the rear view mirror and, and I, I found myself doing that more and more. So, you know, there's a whole emotional side of trying to sell your baby. And, yeah. um, you know, we wanted to make sure, and we did a lot of diligence on the acquiring organization to make sure they were the right place to, to grow our baby up some more. We felt like we had a really good small thing. And, you know, having, a, you know, a big financial partner that, you know, levered their balance sheet a little bit differently and, and really poured some gasoline on the, on the whole equation was... Um, you know, so I didn't. I don't think I. I. I thought that that emotional side would be as as significant in the nostalgia coming in. Um, we had some really emotional things go through it. You know, we end up giving bonuses um, to you know some of the staff or all of the staff, and some of the reactions there were unexpected, joyful, um, more than I could have given credit. You know, and, and you know some of the things that I think you can do as a small business owner is really use your platform of your business to help do, you know, good things in your community. And, and we've certainly done those things, but, you know, helping a, a, a younger person getting into the career that's rewarded you so much, um, you know, you, I almost feel like it's a baton pass and, you know, we've tried to be a good steward in the space to help grow up the next generation of people that are going to protect our digital assets. So, you know, there, there were things like that, that, that came out of this process. Um, uh, not underestimating the level of effort. Um, I, sh I, I should have, could have been more organized. I thought we were. Um, but the whole idea of putting a data room together, maybe before deal, um, and the elements that go into that, you know, we had some of those things, but, you know, it would have made left less effort during crunch time. So that's probably the best I can do off the top of my head, but yeah. there's probably a few things in there that, that would help. Well, listen, you're, you're, like they say, there's no substitute for experience. And what you just walked us through and what, what you now know about exiting a boutique pro serve firm, having been through it um, compared to what you knew going into it. Um, you know, it's, it's one thing to hear about it or read about it. It's quite another thing to live it. And uh, I want to, I want to make sure that I, I thank you on behalf of our community, our mastermind group for your willingness to give back. I'm, I'm very proud of you for being able to pull off what you pulled off, particularly how you took care of your employees on the way out Sometimes that doesn't always happen. You know, greed can creep into the equation and that didn't happen to you. It's always great to see good things happen to good people. So I'm proud of you, pal. Thanks so much, Greg. Means a ton. All right. All right. For those that are in professional services who want to belong to a community like this and learn from role models like Jay Smith, consider joining Collective 54, which you can find at collective54.com. And if you want to, read some stuff around topics like this and 
and learn wisdom from people like Jay, you can always pick up a copy of our book. It's called The Boutique, How to Start, Scale, and Sell, a professional services firm. And you can find it on our website. You can find it on Amazon. So thanks for listening. I look forward to the next episode. And Jay, thanks again for being here. Thanks so much, Greg.